Hello, this is Josh and Sam from the podcast In the Woods. Uh, we typically record our episodes a few weeks in advance, so uh, we wanted to make sure that nobody thought that we were ignoring current events because, let's face it, uh, what's been going on in the country this past week is <laughs> really, really, uh, what's the word? Uh, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are... The, Trying times. These are... More trying times, uh, one could argue, than the than the quarantine slash coronavirus has been. Honestly, <laughs> this, uh, yeah, we uh, we just wanted to make sure to put out a message to let everyone know that Sam and I stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we <laughs> we are. Uh, we were disgusted by the video of George Floyd's murder uh, by the Minneapolis Police Department, and I mean, yeah. yeah and then we have um, a number of ideas of how to respond if you're not sure of how to respond if you're con- like saddened and confused. Um, I got a lot of this from Zayana Bryant's story beyond the hashtag how to take anti-racism action in your life from Teen Vogue. Um, I also got a lot of this from um, circulating on Twitter, the different web, the different websites with bail funds for city, different cities. There's a number of different bail funds for cities like, of course, the uh, let me see if I can find it. The Minneapolis, the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Um, if you you, there's other organizations that combat racism and advocate for change, such as the Black Visions Collective, Reclaim the Block. Um, other freedom or other bail funds uh, can be found for Denver, Detroit, like DetroitJusticeCenter.org. Uh, Atlanta's is ActionNetwork.org. Boston is MASS bailfund.org and then there's also brooklynbailfund.org Columbus Freedom Fund different organizations you can go to help protesters and rioters um, who've been unjustly arrested or you know yeah I I don't know how to respond necessarily to writing other than I think we should have compassion for people who are protesting and rioting right now there's a lot of reasons why and we don't know all of them about why certain actions are being done um just earlier tonight we came we're we're coming home right now from a peaceful protest in a nearby like small town ohio uh and it was peaceful from start to finish the police were there (laughs) they didn't antagonize or anything everybody was respectful towards each other Uh, but i also don't want to criticize any of the because I don't, we're not there. We don't know how things happened um, for all of during the other protests that weren't that didn't end up peaceful. We don't know who antagonized who to do what. And also, uh, Trevor Noah had a really good response about why some people are rooting, looting, and rioting about how you know people see uh, if they see cops like. Derek Chavon, Chavin, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> they see cops like him getting away with committing murder as leisurely as he did. <laughs> he didn't see. Uh, then why should anybody else be bothered to follow the law if they're not up being upheld by their if if cops aren't upholding themselves to the law then. That's not necessarily word for word, whichever Noah said, (laughs) but he had a much better response towards that. And, you know, I can't argue with that. Like if you see your rights being taken away on a daily basis, you know, and nobody does anything until somebody starts writing, what other response are you going to have? But I think we should just show compassion as much as possible towards anybody um, that's responding to 
what it's, what's happening in the world today. And we just wanted to make sure, because in the rest of this uh, podcast, you're not going to hear any talk about it because we recorded it about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were still in the in in the midst of the coronavirus quarantine for the next couple of episodes, but uh, you know now that that's now that that's kind of easing off a little bit, or at least states are reopening up, ours included. You know, real life is intruding and we're having to work a lot more so we're becoming a bi-weekly podcast yes we're also posting every other week now but we wanted to make sure that we addressed the unrest in the country and uh we just want everyone to know that you know well i want everyone we we want black people specifically to know that we are on your side uh, and we stand with you we walk with you we, mm. we did just tonight um and we we would just like to show any kind of support that we could, even though we have a very tiny audience. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to show support for anybody out there who's hurting, who wants, um, who doesn't want to feel like this is being ignored. We're we're paying attention and we're listening and we hear you. And if, if you can't help out with any of the bail funds or anything like that, if you can't donate money, uh, just go to uh, black content creators or like, you know, creators of color and like support what they're doing. And get educated on racism and just... Um, let me see if I can find some of those websites. There's or there's different resources like the Abolitionist Futures, the Prison Culture Blog, the African American Intellectual History Society. Um, those have different reading lists on policing, incarceration, and racism. Um, again, this I'm pulling from Ziana Bryant's um, article in Teen Vogue, so I just want to definitely shout her out <laughs> <laughs> to our to our few listeners. <laughs> But yeah, thank you for listening, um, listening to our rant. Thanks for joining us on our newest episode of the podcast. No. Uh, stay safe, everybody, if you're out there protesting yeah. and know that. Uh, if you're going to protest, there are plenty of resources out there on the on the Internet to uh, to do so safely, to protect yourself from the pepper spray and tear gas that if you're in a larger city, you may come across. And if you're if you're not protesting, I would just uh, just have compassion for those who are um, if it's not something that you're I would just encourage getting educated if it's not something that you face on a daily basis uh, the different kinds of injustices that different people may face um, injustice to anyone I'm not the only person who said this but injustice to anyone is a threat to justice for everyone something like that <laughs> basically just have compassion for other people if it's not if you don't necessarily agree with everything they're doing just have have some compassion and yeah. all right stay safe thank you <laughs>
before now, and uh, the four I've chosen have been kind of mean. Well, not really mean so much. <laughs> the only one that was mean was very bad things. <laughs> well, there's still been a whole lot of death and a whole lot of blood. And... I, if we had done this podcast when we first started dating, this would be a very different podcast, I feel like. <laughs> I've gotten desensitized over the past three years. To the kinds of movies you like to watch. <laughs> She's to the point where she will laugh at death scenes at, at whenever we're watching horror movies. Well, sometimes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, what was it we were watching Friday night that oh, had blood, brain damage? Had, uh, Joe Bob, the dri- yeah, drive-in yeah, yeah, at Joe Bob. Bob. Joe Bob Briggs' last drive-in on Shudder. We've been watching that. And, oh, uh, yeah, I can't. Brain damage. The movie was called Brain Damage. Yeah. There was a scene where a guy was pulling tissue out of his ear and... And then the ear fell out and it just started leaking blood. I was like, why is it still coming out? (laughs) She she was not okay with that scene. I I thought it was the movie Saving Grace. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the movie Saving Grace was the end (laughs) when it stopped happening. (laughs) (laughs) I would kind of agree with that, but I did like this scene. (laughs) But yeah, Sam, I, I, to... I have made Sam watch a lot of bloody movies, <laughs> and she is a she, she's not a horror movie person. So um, I took things in a different direction with my choice for this week. It was nice. <laughs> it's still a cult movie, like a childhood favorite. If you're you know if you're a child of the '80s like I am, then you know this movie very well. It's uh, the Secret of Nim, the 1982. Don Bluth animated movie about mice, about smart mice. It's cute. And I mean, like I said, this was just, it's part of my childhood. It's from, (laughs) it's from the eighties. We, it still has a little bit of uh, traumatic stuff in it, you know, especially if you're a six year old kid. Yeah. I feel like it would be for a six year old, but you made it sound like it'd be more traumatic than it was (laughs) when you were hyping it up. You're like, this movie is rated G and I don't know why. Yeah. There, (laughs) there are other movies from the eighties that are a lot more traumatic. Like, you know, the dark crystals, pretty dark and you know, it's right there in the name (laughs) labyrinth. We got some kidnapping, even if it's lighthearted David Bowie kidnapping. <laughs> lighthearted David Bowie Le- Legend, we have the literal devil in it. <laughs> Which, we you know, we'll probably get to some of these movies, but... We should. We, we you, wa- you showed some of them to me, but... I, I wanted to veer off this week. Yeah. There, there's been so much death and destruction. Now we'll have just some cartoon death. Cartoon <laughs> death and destruction. <laughs> And then for so, Sam's movie. Yes. I picked um, Last Holiday. It's from 2006. It stars Queen Latifah and LL Cool J. And I'll give you a synopsis during the second half. But basically, it's another rom-com, and it's adorable. <laughs> I, I felt like this wasn't really rom-com so much. Like it. it oh, yeah. It had I, funny I mean, moments in it. Well, I mean, but the romance part, I didn't feel like that was the main gist of the movie. It was that that was kind of the bookends to uh, yeah. Her that character. was one of my main complaints about it was there wasn't enough of LL Cool J and Queen Latifah <laughs> together. <laughs> they spent most of the movie like apart, and but we'll talk about that when we get yeah. to that. Oh yeah, here, you we'll, give a you we'll, give a synopsis. We'll dig of, into that one here in a bit. Yeah, but we're gonna start off this. You know. <laughs> Normally, the way we work it is we watch my movie or we talk about my movie first because you know his movies are more have more of a cult following. My movies are basic ish, but you know what? You can never go wrong with Queen Latifah in anything. <laughs> Queen Latifah can do no wrong. But but also we kind of do it to give Sam like the chance to uh, get some lightheartedness in after like I've subjected her to whatever horrors that like you know it's a it's a palate cleanser. At, at some point, I'll have you know science fiction movies or just like you know. Just normal things like that, where there won't be quite so much death and blood, but... Next week, I'm going to veer off the rom-com train and switch to my other favorite kind of movies of action movies, and I'm going to make you watch Terminator Salvation. (laughs) Just because you know it's the one that I don't like. You've never 
never seen it. I've seen it once. <laughs> this is new information to me. I, I have seen it once. I don't think you, you're telling the truth here. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> you've always told me that you've never seen it. No, I've told you that I've seen it once and just didn't wasn't a fan. <sighs> I feel like this is new information. I'm still going to make you watch it again. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, well, I mean, who, know, who knows? I saw it once and put it out of my mind. So maybe it'll be better now in hindsight. And maybe I won't like it as much as I did in 2009. <laughs> but I really liked it back in 2009. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a dark period back then, so... <laughs> back then, I mean... <laughs> but yeah, so normally we start off with my movie because it's gory and heavy and we go to Sam's for, like, more lighthearted fare in the end to leave us on a good note. This time, though, you know... I, my movie's not horrifying, so this will be a little different. It is cute, and and just so everybody knows, the the order in which we discuss these, I I made that decision. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that you're no. picking yourself. No, I'm not railroad. First. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I I even offered to Sam. I was like, this would be the one week where mm. we could talk about yours first because mm. mine's not mine's not awful (laughs) (laughs) but no I'm sure like a lot of people like you said it's like a cult movie a lot of people love it yeah I mean this movie was directed by Don Bluth who's a very famous animator from back in the day Uh, he worked at Disney for years before making his own studio is that the name from Arrested Development? The Bluth family? They, they were the Bluth family, yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't based on him because <laughs> he was a good dude. But, uh, you know, he worked on things like Sleeping Beauty, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, Pete's Dragon. Uh, his last movie with um, Disney was The Fox and the Hound before you know, he wasn't credited for that. He left to form his own company and make this movie. Which didn't do well at the box office, but like you've said, it got a cult following after that. Especially, you know, I remember going to see this in the theaters. Granted, I don't remember, like, all that well. I just know that I went to see it in theaters. I don't really <laughs> remember the experience. I was six. But uh, after, after this movie, like, Don Bluth went on to animate video games like Dragon's Lair and Space Ace where it's a cartoon and you have to like hit a button at just the right time to get your guy to do a thing and like those games were incredible <laughs> like they were like wow I'm playing a cartoon <laughs> like this was a th- you know this was back when we had Pac-Man <laughs> we had like Pong and Pac-Man and just you know, graphics weren't all that and suddenly we have a full-blown cartoon we can play <laughs> so it was amazing but he also did movies after that like An American Tale which is the Fievel movie which is the the, the community <laughs> the, the, the show the TV show community they referenced that movie uh, The Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven he also was a part of Titan AE which is a Joss Whedon joint which uh, you know we are huge fans of Joss Whedon and the Buffy and okay. the, the MCU this movie had a couple of voice actors that, uh, <laughs> child voice actors that we had no idea. Uh, Shannon Doherty from Beverly Hills 90210 and Heathers and she and Mallrats. And she, Charmed. And- yeah, yeah, well, that too. It's <laughs> not with Charmed. <laughs> I never watched it. Oh, okay. That, that was when I was watching Buffy. It was the less than Buffy. The less than Buffy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Shannon Doherty was the daughter of uh, Mrs. Brisby in this movie. And Will Wheaton is sick little Timothy, who is kind of the <laughs> kind of the reason why Mrs. Brisby is in such a hard place. Uh, all of the. <laughs> OK, so let's get to the synopsis of this movie. Yeah. Um, we have a mouse who is named Mrs. Brisby. Uh, her husband, Jonathan Brisby, has passed away. Um, she's a widow. She's got three, three, four kids. She's um, four. She, she's got four. Including the sick one. Mm, she, she has four children 
who all live in a cement block in a farmer's garden and <laughs> one of her children is sick and he's got pneumonia he can't leave the bed you can't move him or else the chill in the air will kill him but unfortunately winter is over the thaw is coming and the farmer is about to run his tractor over the fields and kill all the animals unless they move yes <laughs> <laughs> So the mama mouse is faced with, um, she needs to move her family in order to escape the plow, but her son's in danger. So she, uh, it's kind of like a quest movie. She goes mm-hmm. on a, she goes on a quest to find somebody who can help her, like protect her family long enough for her to you know, for her son to get better. And I felt like the beginning was kind of a little slow because she kept going from one giant Mm. mythical character to the next. (laughs) Well, and we get a whole lot of characters thrown at us, too. We get the the crow, Jeremy, who is a lot. (laughs) He's voiced by Dom DeLuise, if you've ever seen, well, shoot, anything from the 70s and 80s, really. (laughs) Uh, He's, you know, I particularly remember him from the Cannonball Run movies, so... But um, but yeah, the the crow is a lot. She's got to go see Mister Ages, who uh, is a is basically like the mouse doctor. Yeah. He he he's the one that diagnoses Timmy with pneumonia and gives her medicine for him, but also like tells him tells her that she can't move him at all. He's got to stay in bed for weeks, and they have no time. Yeah. So at some point. Uh, she goes to see the great owl, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, he, of course, a mouse would be afraid to go see an and owl. I felt like that plop, I don't know, I, it, it was, it kind of added to the whole, oh, she's, she's special because she survived the owl, but the owl really didn't give her that great of advice, like the, go see the rats. Yeah, this, like, this, this is it, just more... It, the the beginning of the quest was like she goes to one person they tell her to go to another person and that person tells them to go to another person yeah all of this is getting us to the rats that live in the rose bush but I mean mm-hmm. it, it does it takes a bit to get there it, it's a lot of really cool like animation and characters like the the great owl thing is especially nifty because like you know you got the big spider that chases her <laughs> after she enters the place and <laughs> I, I I was surprised more that the the mice and the rats weren't more connected. Like why didn't why did it take like two other stops before she got to them? <laughs> Especially if they knew like her like belated husband. Well, it it sure seems like she he kept his family completely in the dark. Yeah. Whenever it came to any of this, her, he's talking about her belated husband. Uh, yeah, Mal's husband. And I and I feel like the the great owl scene is just another way to build up her her dead husband Jonathan's like legend you know, the, the owl's like oh wait your name's Brisby so you knew so you're Mrs. Brisby well then okay I'll help you now I kind of hate that she doesn't get her own name she's just Mrs. Jonathan Brisby <laughs> like, not even like a first name like and, and, and I you know I was going to applaud the movie for having a female lead character but I mean yeah <laughs> you're, you're pretty right <laughs> uh, one step forward one step back yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was the early '80s, so there, and also the it's mice, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that the whole like she needed to be known as Jonathan, Mrs. Jonathan Brisby, because her husband carried his name carried such weight because of a previous sacrifice mm. and how he lost his life, but and she never found out how he lost his life. Uh, until until she finally like the the owl tells her to go see the rats yeah. so she she does that of course the, the whole time we're we're avoiding the farmer's cat dragon who yeah <laughs> we, we have a couple of encounters with him and you know it, this is a kids movie this is a g-rated movie so it's you, you know that the characters are never really in danger but and in the end i don't think the cat plays too much into it 
Yeah, really. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when we get, you know, n- now that she knows that she's got to go see the rats, like she gets there and she meets <laughs> she she meets Justin and Jenner and, you know, Justin being the goodly nice rat. And then Jenner, of course, being our villain for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, she runs into Mr. Ages there also, which who's very confused as to why she's in this rose bus in the first place. But, um, yeah, eventually she meets Nicodemus, who is the leader of the rats, who, uh, you know, he's the old and wise rat. And he's he's been narrating the movie the whole time. The, you know, we, we haven't we've we've met him a couple of times, but we haven't really been introduced to him. He's just been kind of voicing over her journey so far because Which, he because he has a scrying stone because yeah. a rat would have that. Which I I get for the movie purposes. I understand him staying away from her, but he's watching all like her her journey and her quest. Why couldn't he just go and talk to her? <laughs> like she he knows that she's looking for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of annoying that he's just kind of like waiting. Yeah, the whole time he's just like, "Yes, go see the owl. He'll tell you to come to us." Like, well, you you could knock out the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he just wasn't physically capable of it. Yeah. Maybe that that could be an argument I mean, he, against he, why. He's a very old rat. Yeah. Well, I guess he had friends, though. He could have been like, hey, go get this lady. <laughs> I want to help her with her problems. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's got the uh, he, he's got the journal. He He's the one. He finally gets to reveal to her, like, how her husband died. Evidently, the rats drug the farmer's cat. They, they, they put sleeping... Well, they, this, they, is, this all happened before this quest. Yeah. This is in the past about how her husband died. Yeah, he, he's telling her... He shows her the, the journal, and, you know, she finds out how her husband died at last. And then they go over, or he, you know, with another flashback scene, they, they talk about how the rats really became who they are and how Jonathan is the reason why any of them are alive in the first place. Um, you know, they were they were lab rats and they were injected with something by a company called NIM, the the, the National Institute of Mental Health, <laughs> which you know, is generic enough. Yeah. <laughs> but um you know, so so the rats have figured out how to read and work equipment, <laughs> like they figure out how to open their own doors and escape. But you know, they're too they're they're too big to get out the uh, the vent in the air shaft in the lab. So Jonathan Brisby slips through and unlocks the thing, and everyone runs to safety. And that's you know they the, the rats feel like they owe Jonathan and hence his family a massive debt because of what he did for them. And I think that was like a fun twist to find out. Um, It's kind of like the the stuff that was done to them at this place is part of like the mythical background of the story and part of why some of them are like special and unique. But also there's still a magical element to it that the science can't really explain. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got both. We, we we've seen like in in little side scenes, we've seen rats like stealing extension cords or mm-hmm. electronics from the farmer's house, and then like they have all kinds of like Christmas lights, and they they have a working lantern like <laughs> elevator basically. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the rats are uh, the, the, these rats intelligent. are super yeah. intelligent. But um, they're planning to move. They don't want, well, some of them, most of them don't want to live off of the farmer and, like, steal from humans. They want to leave the rosebush and go to Thorn Valley where they can fend for themselves and, you know, not have to steal for a living. And, and, also, and, gener- not ha- and also not have to worry about getting found by the cat or the farmer and then getting ex- worry about getting exterminated. Yeah. Be- There's, like, a safety element instead of, like, oh, we want to be good citizens and not steal from the farmer. But, well, your mice, your, how much electricity are you really using? <laughs> yeah, little, little do they know, Nim is still looking for them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so how, how how they would know 
that the rats had escaped their lab in whatever city it was and ran out to this farm, we have no idea. Well, but. maybe they were checking farms. I uh, I guess that would be the weak element of the story. Like, why would they care about the mice unless the mice were spreading some disease? Hmm. Otherwise, I don't know why they would care that their lab rats escaped. Yeah. But, but of course, uh, J- Jenner, he doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. the Rosebush. He wa- he likes their nice, cushy lifestyle living off of the farmer. So, you know, he wants to find a way to, uh, to make sure that they stay there. And when he hears about how the rats are going to help Mrs. Brisby move her, ha- move her house... Um, he, he sees a chance to get rid of Nicodemus. <laughs> yeah, and then there, that was kind of chaotic, the ending was. Mm. Them saving her family. Really, this, you know, we, we, we've had a couple of memorable set pieces, but all, you know, and this, this movie's brisk. It's only an hour and 20 minutes long. And it's also free on YouTube. That's how we watched it. Most of these movies we own, but this one, I think you said you owned it, but you couldn't find it. But it's free on YouTube if you want to watch it. And I feel like it's a good movie for kids. Oh, yeah. I didn't think there was anything too traumatic in it that, <laughs> the kid, that a child would be, like, having nightmares over. No. So, they... they yeah, when they finally set up the the crazy pulley system to lift the uh, yeah. li- lift the cement block and move it to the underside of this big rock to where the plow won't be able to get to it. Um, yeah, there's ropes everywhere and pulleys and a giant like Conan the Barbarian style wheel with all of the the rats yeah. pushing, and at at a certain point Nicodemus is standing right underneath this the house and, and of course they're moving it with the children inside which so. i feel like with timmy not being able to like move for the plow before i feel like this would still be the same kind of level as trim- like <laughs> danger yeah like th- he would still be at uh, at some point that the thing that they're in starts to flood and i feel like that would put a lot of stress on it <laughs> as much stress as like moving wood well not only does it like you know that that comes here in a minute because first jenner cuts all the lines and the cement block comes crashing down yeah so, so you know the, the, basically like think of your house being lifted like hundreds of feet in the air well you know comparatively speaking yeah and then dropped and then your four children are trapped inside and it starts to fill up with with mud (laughs) and water and they start to drown (laughs) well that that comes after they finally like reconcile the uh the jenner problem yeah because they drop the house on nicodemus and jenner is going on a big speech about how like the you know now he's the leader and they're they're not going to go to thorn valley Justin interrupts, and Mrs. Brisby shows up and says that Nim has been calling the farmhouse because she tried to drug Dragon, and got got caught, and trapped in a uh, <laughs> in a bird cage. So she's getting here late, but she comes with the uh, with the information that Nim is coming the next day. So they all need to leave. <laughs> And Jenner doesn't like to hear this, so he whips out a sword, which is awesome looking. <laughs> He's got this neat, like, curved blade, and, you know, he comes after Mrs. Brisby to kill her, and Justin gets involved, and they start fighting, and it's, you know, mice having a sword fight. It was really cool. <laughs> As a six-year-old kid, you're like, wee! <laughs> and really, like, you know... I. This has inspired, like, a lot of other things, you know, later on. Like, I know I have a a comic book series called Scorriers, Mm -hmm. which is about uh, a bunch of mice in an apocalyptic society. And it's very Game of Thrones-y also. And, yeah, it's, like, medieval swords and sorcery, but with mice as the stars. Mm -hmm. So, like, this, (laughs) this sword fight scene is really the highlight of the movie. And in the end, Jenner's uh, Jenner's helper throws a knife in his back. <laughs> like Jen- Jenner's already killed one of his friends who was kind of getting a get- getting cold feet about this whole idea <laughs> of killing Nicodemus. 
he he's already he, you think he's dead, but you know he lives just long enough to kill Justin or kill Jenner before he kills Justin. Oh yeah. And after all this is resolved, and Jenner's out of the way, that's when the cement block starts to sink. <laughs> But then there's like an amulet that Mrs. Brisby. Yeah, Nicodemus gave Mrs. Brisby an amulet before, and it starts glowing. You know, the the cement block is completely submerged, mm-hmm. like it's gone. And then all of a sudden, this amulet starts glowing, and magically, the brick comes up out of the mud. She and- uses her mother rage <laughs> to save her children, children with magic. <laughs> The, the block just floats over to where it needs to be and everything's fine. <laughs> and also the annoying crow finds a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, I guess maybe that's why the ni- the nymph, that one nymph, nymph, nymph mm-hmm. would want the rats back if they're magic. <laughs> if they created magic rabbits <laughs> or magic mice. <laughs> magic rats. Yeah, there's a difference between knowing how to read and, like, you know, knowing telekinesis and levitation spells (laughs) and putting them inside jewelry. But, I mean, this movie's for kids, so. (laughs) Yeah, it's cute. It has a happy ending. The children get saved. And then they're safe in their new home. And Timmy gets better. And it is surprisingly voiced by Will Wheaton. (laughs) Which I now love Will Wheaton even more ever since you got me on Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> even though, you, for some reason, you don't like the... Well, nobody really likes Wesley. Oh, I like Wesley. I, it, I, it's, I, not, it's not Wesley's fault. And it's definitely not Will Wheaton's fault. He did he, he, he did a good job. He did what he could with the material. It's, it's, you know, the Next Gen writers just didn't know how to write children. Yeah, I'll give you that. I also felt weird about his arc on it, like how he ended, how his character ended on the show, because he didn't graduate from Starfleet. (laughs) He went and did other things, and I'm like, your entire life up until this point has been Starfleet. Like, this is a very hard left turn. Um, Because because it's what his mom and dad did, and now he's his own person. I I, I like that part of it. I know. Like, I I don't need to join the military just because you guys were in the military. But he was in it, too, though. And it's not like the military. They also do research and I know. I know. Like, because he did those things, too. It wasn't just his parents. Like, he he was a scientist engineer on... The Enterprise too. <laughs> Sorry, getting off. Topic. Super tangent. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I still I love this movie because of the animation style. Like, uh, all the characters are really just drawn well. Like, it's a very vivid. The rats, especially Nicodemus, looks amazing. I almost named one of our dogs Nicodemus because he has a a, a wise man beard. I like Skuz better, though. Because <laughs> it fits him. And also, I hate names that are too long. <laughs> it's like, Nicodemus is like three syllables. <laughs> Four of them. <laughs> That's too many syllables. <laughs> Especially for a dog name. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, Don, Don Bluth, like, if you watched cartoons or animated movies in the 80s, then, like you watch something that he had a hand in or inspired in some way. Like he, he's inspired so many artists throughout the years. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. I think my favorite part was definitely, you know, the mom mouse doing everything for her little, her little mice children. Oh my gosh, I loved her snotty little children too. <laughs> I mean, there was only one that was a little snot. <laughs> and I loved him. <laughs> yeah, one of the other side characters, their babysitter, the Aunt Shrew, Auntie Shrew. She wasn't even she wasn't a babysitter. She was just part of their the community. Yeah, of mice and she was Auntie Shrew. And she came in and criticized all of the children, and one of the 
<laughs> and the little snot just gave it all right back to her and called her a loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to have the classic, well, I never. Like, <laughs> that was very 80s. <laughs> her, as soon as they said her name, I was like, oh, I know what this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all through the movie, like, Mrs. Brisby shows, like, a, a lot of courage, but, you know, early in the movie, she really doesn't have the know-how to, to accomplish the things she needs to. Yeah, like she has a dynamic. She, she tries to stop the plow, like, when the farmer rolls it out, and, uh, you know, she chases after it and gets kind of stuck on it, and the anti-shrew is the one that finally, like pulls the brake lines basically and cuts things yeah but uh yeah <laughs> you know in the end mrs brisby like you know she's the driving force in the movie yeah and unfortunately the jeremy the crow is along for the ride <laughs> <laughs> you know as, as a kid you probably like this kind of kooky side character or whatever but oh man he's just a pain yeah he he's he, he's very selfish all he wants is to to make a nest for a girlfriend he doesn't even have yet. <laughs> he, he, they, they needed to tone him down just a little bit. I feel like Disney has, like, I, I don't even know if this is a Disney movie. No. It's, but, it, but, it, but, like, other other now cartoons have sort of perfected the, the quirky side character. Yeah, at this point, like, Don Bluth, he had quit Disney... He wanted to get back. He didn't like the direction Disney was going, and he wanted to get back to its glory days. So, like, the direction Disney was going. <laughs> well, I mean, Disney did had a lot of kind of whiffs during this period, and then you know it kind of had a, a comeback in the '90s with The Little Mermaid and such. But yeah, they had Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella though. That was in like the '60s and '70s. Oh, and this is this all feels like the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don. Old is old. <laughs> <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> you resemble? <laughs> did you say, yes, I. You heard that right. <laughs> did you mean resent? No, I, uh, no, I, I said exactly what I meant. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I would oh should we rate this movie? What should we say? What would you rate the movie? What's the scale? Oh, I I'd say out of five. Out of five? I would give it you know a f- four out of five mice. <laughs> Three point five enchanted. T- uh, amulets out of <laughs> 4.6. There you go. Enchanted amulets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would give, I, I'd give this movie like four sleeping cats. <laughs> In, sleeping ineffective guard cats out of five. I, like, I have no, I don't really have a lot of complaints about it other than it was kind of slow in the beginning of the quest and then you guys heard my other, com- like, minor complaints, like, how Nicodemus doesn't try to reach out to Mrs. Brisby, just kind of waits for her to get there. And then, you know, Jeremy the Crow. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Nostalgia is a powerful drug. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of a, a lot of my love for this movie comes from rem- just remembering, like, how it made me feel when I was a kid. Like, the music especially. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, you, you hear something and it takes you back to a time. And... Uh, and I'm, but I'm still going to, you know, e- even if I recognize the flaws and how slow the movie is and certain other things and just how, you know, I mean, it's a kid's movie. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be like an Oscar winner. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I still rate this movie really highly just because of nostalgia. I'll have to see if there's any kind of movies do that for me for people who don't know us i'm 29 and josh is <laughs> not 29 we, ha- we have a 14 year age difference in our marriage so <laughs> so his childhood was different than my childhood <laughs> yeah we had we we almost called this po- podcast something along the lines of generation gap but we didn't really want to play into that so much yeah because uh, it doesn't we do, it doesn't feel the age gap isn't like noticeable to us Mm. so there really wasn't any kind of angle that we could take with that other than like being like 
I'm 29. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, whenever it comes down to it, it's not. It, it's not because I'm older that I like these movies. It's I just have different taste. <laughs> For the most part, this would be the exception. Yeah, this would. Th- since, this since one right here like, would be the exception. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe. Oh no, that movie's just evergreen. <laughs> that, that movie's timeless. I'm trying to think. What was the one that Ryan Reynolds remade? I saw the Amityville Horror. That's the one I saw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the new one. Yeah, the, the. I saw that in college, and I had to leave the guys' dorm. It, it was like a group of friends in a guys' dorm, but this was like a a small Christian private college, so there was like time limits to when girls could be in the police forums <laughs> area and I left early <laughs> by yeah. myself and I was walking I was practically like jogging back to campus looking over my shoulder <laughs> you, you didn't miss anything with that movie <laughs> not the remake at least <laughs> well we should probably take a break here and, and then, then get back in with uh, with Sam's movie we will be back with Queen Latifah <laughs> in the last holiday Right after this. And we are back with the podcast in the woods. And now we're going to talk about Last Holiday, starring Queen Latifah and LL Cool J. <laughs> and a bunch of other random people that I wasn't expecting to show up in it. And I'm just going to give you, it's from 2006, um, and a short synopsis is basically uh, Queen Latifah's character is Georgia Bird. They're living in New Orleans, and she's a sales associate. Uh, she finds out that she has um, a terminal illness, some type of obscure brain tumor, um, and so she decides to <laughs> live, start, you know, living her life to her fullest, because... She's like, I don't want to, you know, die as a sales clerk, <laughs> being wanna... unappreciated. <laughs> she doesn't want to waste another minute. Yeah. So Queen Latifah goes on um, her dream vacation to a hotel called the Grand Hotel Poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled P-U-P-P, but they pronounce it Pope. So, so of course they have to make jokes about it. <laughs> and it's in um, a random city in the Czech Republic. A random spa city. That sounds wonderful. Uh, it, <laughs> it, it did seem like a random type of like vacation. Like it's not, you know, to Belize or... <laughs> or like, Italy <laughs> or Paris. Because or... it's like snowing and stuff. But that's apparently the hotel where her favorite chef is. And she's an aspiring chef. Like her dream is to own a restaurant. Or was to own a restaurant. And if you're wondering where she got all the money for this big trip is she cashed in all of her bonds in her 401k. And one of my favorite lines in the movie is when she's talking to the guy that she's <laughs> like getting the money from. And he's like, so what are you going to do with that? Are you going invest, to invest it? And she's like, nope. I'm going to blow it. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes and just like treats herself to this really fun like trip. And while she's there, she's spending a lot of money. And there's people from Louisiana and the United States who are like, who is this person that's blowing all this money? She must be really important. And they sort of like (laughs) latch on to her, even though she's trying to like treat herself to... You know, meeting her favorite chef, going, uh, learning how to snowboard, going base jumping. She's just trying to live life, and there's these horrible people like latching onto her. <laughs> people that are, you know, people she has ties to also. Like the senator from Louisiana is someone that was supposed to go to her church, like an yeah. event with her church, but he didn't show up, so she's mad at him. And now all of a sudden he's here on this vacation. And then also, I guess the guy who owns like, the company she works for. Yeah, his ba- name is Matthew. Or that character's name is Matthew Cragen. Ba- basically, she works for like a Walmart type company, or maybe a Sears, since it's in malls and has like two yeah. levels, and so. Like, this guy owns, like, a Sears-type company, 
that is evidently struggling, except for her. <laughs> She's like their best employee, come to find out. Yeah. And her in the New or New Orleans store. And the Matthew Cragen guy is at that hotel too with his mistress. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was a familiar face to me. Uh, her name's Alicia Witt. She was in the uh, <laughs> cheesy horror movie Urban Legend back in the day, which may or may not be something you have to watch at some point. <laughs> so basically she's she has this uh this fun vacation, but she's also sad because, you know, she's dying. And then also she kind of realizes that she's there alone and not with her loved ones. And that was my biggest complaint of the movie was it's adorable and fun and it's funny. It It's nice to see someone who was treated poorly in the beginning of the movie get treated nice. It kind of sucks that it's because she's using all of her money. <laughs> <laughs> but... They they stick once they even though when they find out that she was you know a sales clerk and she's not like an executive or anything they still continue to treat her nice by the end of it because she herself is a nice person but my biggest complaint is that she spends most of the movie with like these horrible people <laughs> who are just kind of not great people <laughs> instead of like you know pursuing the her love interest which is LL Cool J who plays Sean Matthews who also works at the same store she does <laughs> yeah yeah early you know early in the movie there's a scene where they're going they're, the, he's about to ask her out finally well you know is he get, she, she's been trying to she's been trying to oh, work up yeah. the courage to ask him out it feels like he's about to ask her out and then she gets cracked upside the head with a cabinet or something <laughs> like a yeah, cabinet well, door and that's eventually how they find the brain tumor or the alleged brain tumor she she goes (laughs) yeah if you've uh if you know that this movie is a like romantic comedy type movie (laughs) it has a happy ending she's going you know she's going to spoil it too much but it has a happy ending (laughs) you don't need to worry about queen latifah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's like uh you know she she goes in for a cat scan after getting knocked out cold yeah and um they they find the the this rare disease that is evidently going to be fatal. <laughs> she, they give her three weeks to live, and and that's the last she sees of uh, <laughs> of LL Cool J until the end of the movie. Yeah, unfortunately, too, because she like one of the other like big points of the movie was she was making a scrapbook, and she would cut pictures of him out from his Employee of the Month photos. And, like, glue that onto <laughs> little groom's heads. And she would glue her head onto little bride's heads. <laughs> and we get some scenes interspersed throughout the movie <laughs> where, like, he goes to her house and sees this book. And he's like, yeah. oh, crap, I gotta go find her. And instead of being freaked out by it, he goes and chases her across the across the world. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend in these rom-coms. <laughs> The guy, mm-hmm. the guy leaves the country to go after the girl. <laughs> like only you, also. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because he left Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, so it's cute. It's it's cliche with you know the ending, and but it's it's cute and how and funny with like the snowboarding scene and then there's like a base jumping scene. And then it's just funny how these horrible people like latch onto her because they want to impress her, and then they eventually just latch onto her because they like her because she's a nice person. Well, <laughs> and a lot of the, my favorite parts, my, my favorite part of the movie, not really. It's more of a general thing than like a scene or anything. But uh, Queen Latifah is, you know, she's she's just a normal old worker. Like, she's just a sales associate from, like, you know, a department store. And she befriends all of the workers mm-hmm. at this fancy hotel. Like, all these all, all oh, these yeah. people at this hotel are just as beat down as any other, like, n- you know, normal worker just like her. And, you know, she, she doesn't put up with that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, whenever... <laughs> whenever the, the mistress lady is... Uh, is yelling at the 
yeah, person the, giving her a massage. Queen Latifah comes over and just tells her what's up. Yeah, she tells the mistress to like not mistreat this, you know, masso- masseuse. Because she's just trying to... Because, you know, the mistress has, like, knots in her neck because she feels guilty about being a mistress. <laughs> and the masseuse is just trying to work out those knots. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. I just... I love how, like... She stands up for the service workers. And and the service workers, in turn, just, you know, they, they all like her for who she is. Yeah, even the one who was supposed to be, like, finding dirt on her for Matthew Cragen. <laughs> like, even that lady starts to like her at the end. Yeah, once she finds out who he is and... Or who she is and why she's doing what she's doing... Yeah. Yeah. She turns instantly and is like on Queen Latifah's side. Yeah. So it's a fun. It's an. That's a nice movie when you need a really nice palate cleanser. It's not heavy. It's gonna have a happy ending. There's the, there's the great scene where, you know, like all the all the important people are over at their own table and they're ordering stuff from the chef and of course they have all these special requests yeah. and substitutions which of course the chef is super angry about <laughs> and, <laughs> and queen latifah you know she's just sitting by herherself and orders basically one of everything just yeah, she, ha- just as it's supposed to come she ordered i think she orders all the specials and she makes no alterations and then the <laughs> chef is like i have to meet this person yeah yeah they're, they're all you know they all think the chef loves them because <laughs> they're super important and like you know or and they always come there. They always sit at the same table, et cetera, et cetera. The chef leaves the kitchen and goes to her table. Yeah, and, and she they, gets to meet her favorite chef. And and they become friends because, of course, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I just like the social commentary part of the movie, <laughs> where like it's nice to, you know, this this came out in two thousand six, where. We're about to hit the, uh, <laughs> we're, we're basically like in the middle of the recession <laughs> or not in the middle. We're still in the beginning of it because it was is as, as Bush was leaving office in 2008, that's when it was really like, yeah, everything was going to crap. Yeah. So like, this is right before like a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie's dealing with like the wealth inequality in the country which has only gotten significantly worse since then. <laughs> so this movie solved nothing unfortunately, but it was good. Yeah. It, yeah, once you think about it from that angle and thinking about what makes somebody like important and worthy, like they all think that she's important cuz she's got a lot of money and then they find out she's important just cuz she's a good person. Mm. And, and all, like service workers are important people too. <laughs> and, and all of the people that think they're super important just pretty much suck. Yeah, like they're just kind of bad people. So yeah, I think that's about it with that movie. Well, I mean, you didn't get into some specifics in the end of where they finally get together. Well, I didn't want to spoil it too much in case you guys want to watch it and find out what happens when LL Cool J. Oh please, we spoil all the movies. This is. It, this is a this is a spoiler heavy podcast. <laughs> well, I just think this is a nice one, you know. Maybe not to spoil too much, but yeah, they and it's not, you know, LL Cool J slash Sean Matthews, like eventually makes it to the hotel, and then reunites with Georgia Bird. Queen Latifah's character when she's like even in the end like when, she, when she's trying to talk the uh, the evil yeah, well, <laughs> the, the evil reason, owner guy off the ledge literally not the owner of the hotel but the like the, the Matthew Cragen yeah character, the owner of her company he, he tried to out her as like oh look at her she's not important at all she's just a sales associate at one of my stores you guys shouldn't be impressed with her at all and then the people are still like and everyone's like yeah we don't care we don't care we still like her and then he gets fed up and, like, goes sit on a ledge. <laughs> <laughs> so she's the one that goes to talk him off of it. Yeah. And then they eventually find out, you know, she doesn't have a terminal brain tumor. <laughs> so, and then they go back and she gets her restaurant. Because also during this vacation, she gambled a bunch and was really lucky and made a lot of money gambling. <laughs> <laughs> So they go back to New Orleans, and it's a happy ending. 
Yep. I don't know. Like I said, like uh, my my favorite parts of the movie were the social commentary parts, like the the you know respect and be nice to service workers or just normal average everyday workers, like yeah. because they're the important ones in the world. <laughs> Something we found out a lot about during this uh, this pandemic here. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I think I liked her like change in her character because her character was like very much kind of meek in the beginning and she was just trying like she loved cooking but she would only eat lean cuisines and which is dumb like because if you're a chef and you love to cook you you know you should eat your own food because it's good and not stupid lean cuisines (laughs) she just changes and becomes a more adventurous person and you know starts living life up (laughs) what was the one scene that you liked a lot the shopping montage where she's well, getting new clothes. Yeah, you, you you gotta have a good shopping montage <laughs> in, in a movie about changing your life. <laughs> you need new outfits if you're gonna change your life. <laughs> and, and even the guy that misdiagnosed the... Uh, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't the doctor's fault. It's just uh, broken equipment because yeah. it gave like three more people the same diagnosis. And then he ran himself in through the machine too. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, it it wasn't his fault. And he quit his job, too, because he was sick working, you know. He went around at the end being like, I quit my job. I don't work there anymore. I quit my job. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't want to work. Whenever the whole diagnosis thing was going on and, you know, the the insurance isn't going to cover anything for her because, of course, it's not. This is American yeah. Health Insurance. <laughs> I forgot about that scene where there was, like, some surgery that could have saved her, but her insurance wouldn't cover it. <laughs> <sighs> Again, still to this day. <laughs> no, we're not going to save you. We're just going to let you die. I don't know. I, I, I would give this movie three misdiagnosed terminal illnesses out of five. <laughs> I would give it, you know, three and a half base jumps <laughs> out of five. What did she jump off of? Uh, it, was dam. A, it was a giant dam, yeah. Out of five dams. And yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I would give it. 3.75 snowboards out of six. <laughs> Gus, what, what's your opinion on The Last Holiday? Did you enjoy it? <laughs> he's, he's, he's just sitting here looking at us. We, we, we keep worrying about him barking throughout our podcast recordings, but he hasn't really done that yet a lot. Ghost, what's your opinion on our podcast? Would you recommend it to people? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Yes? No? (laughs) All right. We we should wrap things up. This has been another episode of the podcast in the woods. Oh wait, I should promote all of our stuff. Yep. We have a website. It's thepodcastinthewoods.com. We have Twitter, which is pot at podcast woods. Our email address is Sam and Josh Podcast at gmail.com. And our Instagram is at the podcast in the woods with like underscores in between all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit all of them. Yep. So. I think you did it. Yep, and so just... Brand new website where we'll have... Uh, <laughs> Sam's planning on doing blog posts about some of the movies we talk about and maybe and even just, somewhere... It's just movies in general. Yeah, especially since this is the time of the coronavirus so we can give you suggestions of what to watch if you're not planning on going out. I, I mean, there's still... In Ohio, there's we're still not allowed to go to movie theaters and stuff. Nah. So not that there's many movies to see. Yeah, everybody like, de- everybody delayed all their movies. Yeah. So some of them are even coming straight to our houses. So which has been cool. Unfortunately, and the, it's not the, any of the Marvel movies that I'm dying the, to see. The theaters really don't like that a whole lot, but you know, I I'm of two minds of that. <laughs> Here's another rant coming. Um, 
Yeah, you guys can check out now if you don't want to hear our rants. But, but I feel like with the, the movie theaters and refusing to show movies because they're releasing them on video on demand and breaking deals or whatever, you know, the the movie the companies that made the movies need to make money off these movies. Yeah. So, and we should be able to watch them at home if we want to and are willing to pay for that. I feel, And just so anybody doesn't know, I think you're referencing a, the AMC the, theaters yep. refusing to show what kind of movie? Universal because yeah. of the Trolls movie. Yeah, the tro- the Trolls movie went on demand and they even made more money that way than they did <laughs> go at, with like they, they made more they made more money in weeks than the other the first Trolls movie made in its entire theatrical run. Yeah. So. <laughs> but also, I like going to the movie theater. Like, like we would I, the, still go the to movie the... theater experience is important. Yeah. And it need there is room for that, but you know, for a smaller movie like a kids movie, like especially because you know how hard it is to take kids to the movie theater, because like it's you know they get antsy and they make noise and they want to run around and so it's hard to take kids to the theater, but you'll you'll pay the same amount of money to watch it on demand in your home where and and sometimes they're at movie at movies that they shouldn't be at and you know maybe just put all the kids movies at home and make the theater experience just uh, for a, us i think that's a bit much i know that's it's a, a bit, bit far i know. <laughs> i just get annoyed <laughs> Well, that's coming from somebody who doesn't have children. <laughs> like, just you wait. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm on both sides of this. Like, I, I like the video on demand thing for some movies, but I also think that you know, see, there nothing beats seeing a movie on a massive screen with a huge sound system. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm on. That's, a, that's all just to say that we're gonna have lists of things to. To watch on like the different platforms. Last holiday, you can't you you would have to rent that, but you can rent it for like three dollars on YouTube or the other apps. Well, the Secrets of Nymph is free on YouTube. Well, this has been the fifth episode of the podcast in the woods. <laughs> there he goes. Yeah, and we will be back next Monday with two more movies. And one of them will probably be Terminator Salvation. <laughs> so thanks again for listening. Well, have a good one. <laughs>